Blog Talk Radio.
Amen. 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 Well, good evening to everybody out there all over the world. You know, it's just a blessing for Uncle Edward and myself to come, uh, you know, and and, and uh, come and, and, and teach and preach and, you know, and just spend some time with you. And, you know, you just heard that song. Our, all our hope is in Jesus. And that's what tonight is all about. Tonight is about us all going deeper in Jesus in hope. You know, the Bible says faith is the substance in, uh, faith is the substance hoped for and the evidence is not seen. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to uh, thank you uh, and for tonight. Uh, and uh, we just, uh, I'm just going to, Apostle Edward, uh, uh, are you there, my brother? Yes, Apostle Roy, I am here. I am here. Amen. All fired up. Amen. 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 You know, this, the thing is that we, we do need the hope right now, you know, and we, you know, and it, it, it talks about that where Jesus is our hope, you know, and, and you know what? Uh, thank God we have Jesus. Yes. Amen. Because what? Really, honestly, for the community and to you, what would we be like right now, the way the things with the world and what's going on with this intimidation, manipulation, and domination of the whole world from, from all these governments, amen, the Canadian government, you know, I'm just saying everyone, where would we yes. be, Brother Edward, if we didn't have Jesus? Oh, I'll tell you, Brother Roy, without, I couldn't imagine life would not be worth living without Jesus. Life would not be worth living. It's only through Jesus. And, you know, you said something a minute ago, what faith is, that something things hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, you know, hope speaks of a future event. Just like you and I have our faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved. We're going to go to heaven someday. So our hope's heaven. Our hope is heaven. So faith is in Jesus Christ. Now we're saved. Hope going to heaven. But, you know, the program tonight, that is the ultimate. That's what we want. Our hope going to heaven someday is, is the ultimate of everything. But also in our program that we'll be speaking to the people about our hope now because our hope is in Jesus now, not just taking us to heaven, but getting us through these things and coming out really great. In other words, God's going to be blessing us like never before, the hope in that for now, because a lot of people are downtrodden by a lot of things that have been going on and the hard things that are happening. And and even though we have Jesus, we're challenged by these things. But the thing is, we know it's getting better for us, and God's not going to leave us or forsake us. And that's what we're really going to talk to these people about tonight. First of all, most important, hope going to heaven someday. But secondly, having hope and the joy of the Lord now in spite of what's going on. In other words, we can soar like the eagle above these clouds, these clouds of darkness. We're above them in Jesus Christ. We're in this world, but we are not of this world. So therefore, we can be above all challenges that come our way with the joy of the Lord and, and walk an abundant, joyful, peaceful life in him as we remain in him solid. Amen. Amen. And really, between, you know, like saying, uh, Apostle Edward, like, if you don't have Jesus, who, what and who do you have your hope in, in uh, Apostle Edward? Like, seriously, I mean, I'm being very serious. If you don't have, we have our hope in Jesus, but ones that don't have their hope in Jesus, what do they have their hope in? 
Well, what most people, unfortunately, and they're seeing that hope has run out. They have their hope in the world, the government, their job, their pocketbook, and everything going for them here. But now if these things are starting to be taken away, starting to diminish, jobs diminish, and all types of, of ridiculous demands and things that try to take our rights and our freedom from us. Uh, see, they don't have that freedom before because they were freedom to travel where they want to go, when they want to go, how they want to do this, what they want to do. But now they're cringing upon that, putting a lot of things on that there. So, therefore, what they had their faith in, what they were living for is no longer so, therefore, they're looking around and saying, my, my world is crumbling. I have nothing to live for. There's nothing going on. I don't have my job. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm just penned into my house. I'm like I'm in prison, you know, is what they'd be saying, because they don't they don't have anything in life above that without Jesus Christ, because too many people have put their trust in their pocketbook, their job, and this life here. And it says in one uh, Psalms 118.8, it says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. But they've had their That's confidence right. in man, the things of men. And they're saying man's kingdom is crumbling like the Roman Empire crumbled. Yeah. So they're, they're without hope. And the only way that they're going to be retrieved in, uh, from all this right here would be through Jesus Christ. Only, he's, our only, he's the only hope. Right now, they're they're without hope. There is no hope outside of Jesus Christ. We we show people Jesus Christ that gives them hope above the storm cloud, you see. But as they are without Jesus, there's no hope. And a lot of times, uh, many, in fact, the Bible tells us that men's hearts will fail them. There'll be some committing suicide, uh, all kinds true. of horrible things. A lot of these I'm horrible things are going on. So uh, that, gonna... that's a man or woman without Jesus. That's right, and that's so true. You know, like you know, and, and that well, you just said, heart, uh, man's hearts will fail them, and also uh, basically people will be committing suicide. And and and, and I know people. I know people. Uh, you know, basically uh, somebody that I knew jumped just jumped out the window in in Winnipeg. Just jumped out the window. You know, I mean, she was basically she had no hope. The reason that she basically jumped out the window, uh, Apostle Edward, because she had no hope. That's it. No, nothing to live for. Everything was negative. No purpose in living. Just pain and misery and horror and fear, torment. So she figured she'd end it all. But the sad thing about it, when people do that, that's like being from the frying pan into the fire because that's really what it is. Because without Jesus, there's a, the hell, hell's eternity, you know. And that, that, that's worse yet, and that's what the devil would like to see people doing now. He didn't want to see people coming to Jesus when he puts this pressure on. He wants to see them losing hope, committing suicide, and churches and people just breaking up and giving in and just, just you know, forgetting all about Jesus because he knows Jesus will pull them through it. But if he can get us away from Jesus Christ and keep the lost away from Jesus, he's got them into a, in a way that he can have them join him very shortly in hell. <laughs> So that's really what it is. You know, he's battling to get as many people into hell as he can, and we're battling to get as many people into heaven as we can. That's what God wants. He wants to take as many as we can with us. And if there's ever a time, you know, Roy, uh, Apostle Roy, this is the time that people want hope, and this is the best time really to introduce people to Jesus because the distractions of the world are not there anymore for people to just have a good time and just live the what they call the good life in a lot of ways because there's a lot of restrictions. 
to a lot of people sitting down listening now because, you know, I believe this whole thing that's went on, Roy, uh, this epidemic, you name it, the whole thing, it's worldwide, and God wants to get the world's attention because they have not given God attention. But now that things are the way they are, people are waking that's up right. and saying, my, my, what's going on, you know? And so it's really, it looks like a curse. It's not a good thing in a sense for what it is. But yet, it's opening the eyes of people, and I'd rather have see this happen and have my eyes opened up and come to Jesus than have my eyes closed and wind up in hell after it's all said and done, not even go through That's this. Right. Because, because uh, <laughs> eternity is a lot longer in our lifetime, you know, and we have to realize mm-hmm. that. Not, so I, I believe this is God's wake-up call for all of us, that we be in the place of exactly where God wants us in his perfect will, and then others will come to Jesus, and they'll get into his perfect will, and and live for him, you know. That's, that, that, that's what the whole, that's the bottom line of really why we, we have programs, why we preach, why we teach, we do videos, audios, and minister. That's that's what it's all about, getting people saved, healed, and delivered, and prepared for heaven, but following Jesus Christ, because he has a plan for each one of their lives, not to, to be living a life now of fear and torment and wondering where the next dollar is coming from or next meal. But uh, we the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want, the Bible says in the 23rd Psalm, the first verse, a very basic verse to everybody. Everybody, I believe, knows that. Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. And that that's a big thing. But uh, he's there to meet us where we're at. And that's what's so beautiful. Even though we're looking at hopeless things now, Brother Roy, uh, God meets those needs. I've been there in those situations. I've did, been in a place where I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I've been at the place where I'd have been in the street if it wouldn't have been for a situation that happened that kept me from going to the street. I was retrieved, my, my wife, wife and I. And this is many years ago. But I mean, we've been through those things. We know what these things are. We know what hardships and pain is. And I know you do, too. But we've been this a lot of years. Both of us have. And uh, we've seen it, but we know our God has never failed us one time. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Amen, amen. And you know that we're and we're not going to sugarcoat this message tonight, my brother. We're not going to sugarcoat this message because oh, basically okay. this is this is what you're saying, right? I mean, we're not we're, we're going to just uh, we're shooting straight here tonight. That's right. Yeah, we can't sugarcoat. Because uh, some people are sugarcoated. They think, well, everything is great when you get saved, and that's it. Uh, well, you're, you have challenges. But the thing is, the challenges come against us. We have the promises of God, which he gave to us, that so we can believe those promises and see him meet that need or sustain us until that need actually is met. In other words, somehow, you and I don't have to bear the blunt. He said, we're to cast all our care upon him in First Peter 5, 7. He cares for us. He said, you that have a burden, come on to me, and I'll take your burdens, and I'll give you my burden, which is light. You give me those heavy burdens. And that's what people are carrying, really. That's kind of what we're talking about tonight. They're carrying these heavy burdens right there. But the Lord says, hey, in the midst of all this, he said, my burden is light. He said, you give me your heavy burden. You give them to me. Your shoulders aren't big or strong enough. Let me take care of them. You take what I have. You seek me first, and all these things will be added to you, like Matthew 6.33 says. Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Seek me first. Take care of your life, because you can't take care of it. I found out many years ago I can't take care of my life, and I found out that God can take care of my life far better than I can, because God's a lot smarter than I am, you know. 
And Amen. he says, well, hey, yeah. you serve me, do what I want you to do, and I'll take care of you, son. And he, he's saying that to everybody right now, whether you've known the Lord for 100 years, 100 days, or if you don't know the Lord yet, that's what he promises. He doesn't promise us a bed of roses, but he promises to be with, with us. He'll either take us over it, through it, or around it, whatever way he does it. But he's with us no matter what we face, and that's the comfort we have in him. Amen, amen. You know, the Lord just laid a scripture on my heart. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. That's right. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. What you are looking for, what that really means, if we deferred hope, if we're believing God for something and, and, and if we have a need and it's deferred, that means it's put off, uh, our heart becomes sick because we, we've been waiting so long for it. And uh, hope does not... We have no hope outside of Jesus. That we don't have the promise of right. heaven or him taking care of us outside of him. That's for the believer. That's why we need to get in that ark of safety. We always call getting saved, getting into the ark of safety, into his ark, you know. And uh, when we receive him, then we're in there, and he, he will take care of us then. But we're not in that family. We're his creation. We're not in the family of God that we receive Jesus, our Savior, and our Lord. When we do that, then we're in the family then we can claim the promises because he said in the Bible in Second Corinthians, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, he says First Peter two verse uh, three and First Peter one, Second Peter one verse three and four. I got it. Uh, he says to us in Second Peter one verse three and four. He said he's given us everything according to life and godliness, and of course for the future, for eternity. He's given us everything that per- pertains to life and godliness, and this life here, what we need in this life, what we need. Prepare for our future or eternity. He's given us everything we have need of, and uh, that's what it is. You know, we give Him ourselves. We give Him our will, our life. Lord, I want to live for You. Forgive me for what I've done. I've been a sinner. I know Jesus died for my sins. Lord, come into my heart. Just take over my life. And when you mean that in your heart, not not just by the words you're saying or any type of fancy words, but when you mean come into my heart and just take over my life, I'm weary, Lord. I need You. When you say that to Him. You give your life to him. That's when he comes in, and then you read your word, and you pray, and you talk to him, and he becomes real to you as you grow. Right now, it sounds like an abstract when I say it to somebody. It was that way with me 51 years ago when I first got saved. My wife and I, we got saved. Yeah. But what happens is you follow him, he becomes more real and more real to you, and you see things happen in your life that he did. You knew you had a need. You prayed. You saw that need met. You've seen him work in your life. You've seen him work through your life. And then you find out, hey, this this God that I'm I'm serving is a real God. He is really living. He hears my prayers. He's going to take care of me. He is taking care of me. He's for real. I mean, that, that's really it's really that simple. It's really that simple. It really is. because uh, But man complicates it. But when you give yourself to him, he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. You draw to him by making him your Lord and Savior. And he said, I'm drawing near to you. I'm going to take care of you because he wants that more than anybody can even want anything. He wants you to get saved. You're worth more in him, to him than all the riches on earth. Everything that's on this earth isn't as valuable as one soul to him. Everything on this earth is not as valuable as one soul. That's how much uh, value he puts in every individual in this world right now. Amen, amen, amen. That's so true. You know, um, 
First Timothy four, uh, First Timothy one, uh, verse one says, uh, and uh, Paul, Paul's, uh, Paul's talking here, Apostle Paul. He said, Paul, an apostle, special messenger of Christ Jesus, by appointment and command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus the Messiah, our hope. Mm-hmm. He's our hope. Brother Roy, He's our, you know. He's our only hope. Go ahead. Jesus is our only hope. You know, he's our hope, but he's our only hope. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, uh, our hope can't be in men. Our hope can't be in people. Our hope can't be in our job or anything like that. Because right now what's happening is that people don't know when uh, when they're going to have a job and when they're not going to have a job. People right. in the medical field, in the medical field right now, are basically being intimidated and manipulated. Yep. Uh, basically, yep. they need to do this, right. they need to do that, or they don't have a job. That's right. Airline people are quitting by the droves. Uh, it's all yeah. over. It's a war. There's a war going on with this, and so our stability exactly as far as our God-given rights. You know, I have so uh, our hope. One, our hope. Our hope in our jobs is gone. Oh yeah. Hope our in this hope, world. Our hope in money. Man. Our hope in money is gone. Yeah. Right. That's right. In the Congress, in the president, anything. Uh, no government. Never will be a government. I don't care what happens in twenty twenty two or twenty four. Anything. It's not in any man. The only one who will straighten out this world is Jesus Christ. I had something I wanted to share when you're, you're done there because I wanted. Where Jesus is the only hope. Period. Bottom you line, but brother, but, but brother, we husband. don't even have any hope. In, honest to God, let's, let's, let's be honest here. We don't even have, have a hope in family right now. Mm-mm. No, no. We're going to see in the Bible, Roy, where there's uh, several cases. One in particular, I'm going to read when you're you're done there. When you get a you know read it there after you're done, uh, I want to read. Because we're going to get down to where we are. In other words, the, everything is no hope outside of Jesus. But in a world we're facing now, it looks hopeless to people. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to give them hope now by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. And, Father, I just pray that you would just anoint our words, anoint their ears to receive your hope, Father. Not what Brother Roy and I would think or even say, but you just use our words to open the hearts and the minds of people for what you will say to them, that they will recognize that it's true, their hope can, and their faith can be in you and their hope for the future, that they can be above everything and challenge them in life right now. We're asking for we a turnaround. We don't even have hope in the pastors. We're the body of Christ. The pastors are the leaders of, you know, of the congregation. Do we have hope in them? Because they are being... Right. I'll be very honest here. A lot of them are being intimidated, manipulated to, 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 oh, yeah. to follow what to follow uh, to follow what the, the government wants us wants us to do. And come on, yeah. I mean, you have to stand fast. You have to stand fast uh, in everything. Let me let me read these four verses here. It's um, you go right ahead, Rome, buddy. You go right ahead. Yeah. Okay. okay. Romans four seventeen to twenty one. Okay, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might be 
become the father of many nations, according to the which it was given to him. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet mm-hmm. the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and having been whole, have, whole, here we go, me. and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he would be able to perform. In other words, that mm-hmm. setting right there, uh, he was promised to be the father of many nations. He had no kids. Sarah was 90 years old, and she was barren, which means she was even unable to have children, not just very old beyond uh, giving birth age, but she was uh, her, her womb, she couldn't have children by definition of it, and he was 100 years old. But yet the Lord said, you're going to be the father of many nations, but yet you have no children. So he promised that. So what Abraham had to do, you know, you get this setting here, like you're 100 years old, your wife's 90, and she can't have children. Here you are. God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. Now he said, really, in his heart, he would have said, well, Lord, you are God, and in spite of these circumstances that are in my life here and the challenges to this here, you said it's going to be, so I'm using hope against hope. I might even consider my wife's barrenness, my old age, her old age, but you said it's going to be, so I believe you now, and I'm not going to leave that worry or dissuade me from I'm not going to be the father of many nations. I accept that as a done deal. Now, when you look at that that way, that was an impossible situation, right? Now, the day, look at the world. You see what appears to be an impossible situation. But you see how Abraham faced his challenge there with the promise of God given to him. You face the world today that very same way through Jesus Christ. In other words, I can't see how this could work. There's no thing in my mind, any thought or anything that looks good in any way, shape, or form. But, Father, my hope is in you. I have faith in you, but my hope is the future is a better future. The hope is always in the future. Faith is now. Hope is in the future. So my my faith is in you now, and I know in my hope this thing is getting better. We are going to prosper. Things are working out for us. We are healed. We're well. God's going to work in and through our lives. Because, folks, that is going to happen. That's scriptural. That's prophetical words. I, I have uh, I had prophecy on that, and I've heard many ministers minister that. And it is that I can even explain that, how that is happening. But we're in for a big breakthrough, and I say this to you now. Judgment is going to come upon these evil people, and probably a lot of them, I, I, I won't say what will happen to them. But I, I, I can imagine they're, they're evil people, and God is going to deal with them, and he's going to bless his children. He's going to bless his children with finances, with health, with strength, and he's, he's raising up a mighty army, a remnant, to go out and to be ministers of the gospel, that they're going to see miracle after miracle, people being saved, healed, delivered, raised from the dead. We're about to see the greatest revival that never was on this earth since the time of Jesus. This is what's happening. This is what they call the latter rain. This is coming forth. Even though it appears like it's all lost now, it's all over, it would appear like. But God had showed me uh, the other day, the other day, that I bring this in here. This is this is this is from the Lord, folks. This isn't just teaching here. Uh, the other day, I thought about my situation personally, what my wife and I are standing for, and this is impossible almost as Abraham there 
uh, having a child, his wife having a child, barren at their age, that would have been ridiculous. Anybody would ever talk to somebody like that, you know. And I face things like that, and I know Roy faces things, and other friends in ministry that we have are facing things that are, are just completely out of, out of the ballpark. But I'm telling you this, the Lord took me at that place about that, and, and when I looked at that, and he showed me, he said, that looks impossible. But yet I, I had such great peace, and I've had peace about all along. I've not been down on it anyhow. But the reason the Lord took me there and showed me this about this thing and look at my situation, that's usually before he comes on the scene because things literally are about ready to go when he comes on the scene. And I'll give you a case, a couple cases, examples right there. Uh, let's look at the uh, Moses in the Red Sea there. Remember the Egyptians were coming to him and the Israelites, and they couldn't turn back. The Red Sea was there. They couldn't cross the Red Sea. They all drowned. They were stuck between uh, the enemy coming to kill them or the sea. Now, which way would they go? They're going to drown the sea or leave the enemy and come in and kill them, beat them to death and kill them. Well, they uh, sought the Lord, and, of course, you know what happened there. The Lord told Moses, you know, to raise uh, the stick up, you know, the staff up, and they held his hands up there. And while the Lord uh, while did that, they opened the sea. God opened the sea, and all of them went through. Now, that was God's answer to that praise. It was an impossible situation, but God opened the sea for them when he told Moses to raise his hand, and then two people would held his arms up so everybody got through. That was God's way of doing that. Okay, let's use Abraham now. Abraham went to the mountain with his son to make a sacrifice. And, of course, the sacrifice was supposed to be his son. Now, when his son laid down there, and he, he had to be an obedient son because he was about 18 to 20 years old. Somewhere along there, he was good size. He could have probably overpowered, uh, you know, Abraham because being young and everything, Abraham was old. But yet he laid down there in obedience. But his dad, Abraham, had that knife up and just ready to plunge it into him probably within a few seconds. And they saw a ram in the thicket there. The last minute he comes, and God impressed that upon me. And I've seen this happen in my life, too. But I had such a joy about this thing. It was just, It's kind of a strange thing. I, I don't understand it exactly what it was. But anyhow, it was such a joy. I was above the crowd soaring anyhow in this thing. And just saying, hey, that's when I usually come is when these things happen. So uh, he was giving me joy in there about that and knowing it's really imminent right now for these things to come to pass. So... What we have to do is just to plug into Jesus Christ because we are getting through this and there's great times ahead. You see, we just can't see them with our eyes right now the way it would appear. It appear like all is gone. But, hey, put your faith in Jesus Christ and he's getting you through it. You are more than a conqueror through him. And, see, I have determined that for my life. Brother Roy has determined that, and our families have determined that. And those we, we work with ministry and have determined that. And we're seeing breakthroughs beginning now. Great things are happening. Uh, we had uh, a couple people raised from the dead in the ministry here a few months ago. My grandson was one of them. And uh, we've, we've seen some miraculous things happen. God has done some great things, and it's just beginning now. We've had a lot of pains, all of us, and it's so like a woman birthing a baby. There's pains before she gives birth, but we're about to give birth to the greatest thing that ever happened on earth here uh, with this. And then what's going to happen? Judgment is going to fall upon the evil because God is going to take care of them because God is very mad. He's very angry how Israel has been treated. They defied Israel. They defied everything they're doing, and God has had it. God is very angry. I, I surely wouldn't want to be on the receiving end when God gets done now, because I don't think there's going to be people left. I mean, he, he is going to be cleaning the house. 
And I tell you what, folks, what's going to happen when God does that? People are going to know he's not a Santa Claus in the sky. He's a God of righteousness, of holiness, and he's a God of love. But he deals with people in judgment also when they're disobedient and they do things against him and defy him like they are, break his rules and his laws and all this evilness that's going on. So uh, it is happening now. This, this is the day. Matter of fact, we got a word on this thing, what is going on now. And he really told me, and I've heard a couple ministers talk about this, and I thought, wow. Uh, but that's the word payday for God's people that have been faithful for service for him and withstood and stood for him and with him all these years and not allowed the devil to, to get us off track, but have been faithful to God. And it's payday for God's people. Even though it looks the other way, some people say, oh, my, you guys really, you've had it. But no, you just watch what's going to happen. People are going to see that our God is alive, he's real, and he's about to show himself the mighty way. I can feel it in my heart, my spirit, and I know Brother Roy can feel that. So I, I wanted to say these few things because I wanted to give you a couple hopeless situations because that was in the Scripture, things were hopeless. There wasn't anything more hopeless than the things I told you right there about that as far as the things that they faced and last minute he came. And that's usually it. When it gets to be the last straw, I mean, uh, they say at the bottom of the barrel, well, you're not at the bottom of the barrel, you're under the barrel. Or you keep tying a knot, and there's no more knots to tie. It, it has to happen. And that's when God usually shows up in a lot of things there because uh, he strengthened his people to trust him and not have to uh, just know just say Abraham. In fact, the faith of Abraham, you know, he even told uh, Brother Roy, uh, the two the two men that brought, uh, well, actually with Abraham and Isaac, they were there. He said, my son and I will be back. And I don't forget the amount of time he said, but we'll be back down then to, to go back. And he knew he was going up there to sacrifice his son. So he was so yeah. sure, even though he was going to sacrifice his son, if he did have to sacrifice him, God would have brought his son back from the grave. He had brought him back from That's the right. dead, you see. My son and I are coming back. He's a sacrifice, but my son and I are coming back because I'm the father of many nations. So, therefore, he promised me that. Even though he told me to sacrifice him, I'm the sacrifice, so I'm going up there as a sacrifice. He knew somehow he'd work it out, and that doesn't make sense, does it? If you have a son that's going to you know, have a family and reproduce where you're the father of many nations, you go up and you kill him. Who's going to reproduce? But yet, if, I, if I'm told by God that tell, tells me to do that, somehow he's going to work out, he's going to raise the dead, and he's still going to be the father of many nations. So God has us do some things, and not to kill somebody. Now, don't get me wrong now, that, but that's what he had told Abraham for the sacrifice during that time. But he tells us to do things, and when he tell, tells you to do something, he's going to make that thing work out, you see. His ways and thoughts aren't ours. They're above our ways and thoughts. That's where we all get ourselves into trouble if we're not careful. You try to figure out what God's going to do and how he's going to do it. And, well, it should work this way for this to work. It'll have to work that way for that to work. No, no, no. His ways and thoughts are above ours. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, and the best thing we can do is just keep our minds out of this whole thing, keep ourselves out of it, be dead to ourselves, just follow the Lord and just simply trust him no matter what you see. You've got to do that because that was the faith that Abraham had. He, what in the world, how could have he, brother, how in the world could have he have, have looked at his situation with his wife to have a child when she couldn't have children and she is way above age there and he is well above the age? How in the world could he have planned or even reasoned anything? He couldn't. How in the world could he? There was no hope there. He was using hope against hope. 
And that's sometimes where we find ourselves. Maybe today some people are in that situation we're talking about. But you see, we're talking about Jesus Christ being the answer, as it was for Abraham, as it was for Moses, as it was for all these people in the Old Testament, New Testament, and in this very minute we're living right now. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, according to Hebrews 13.8. He's the same. He has to change. And another story that I really, really like is... uh, it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right. That's another good story. How they basically, you know, how uh, Nebuchadnezzar, how Nebuchadnezzar basically said that, uh, at the, you know, found whatever the Trump or whatever it is, everybody are going to just fall down and bow to, 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 the, to Nebuchadnezzar. Right. But Meshach, uh, you know, they, did, they didn't do that. Because, and you know what? The bottom line on it is because they – you know what? They basically just said, well, we, you know, we're basically, we're not going to bow down. A lot of everybody else about bowed down, but they never, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and they didn't bow down. Right. And what happened, right. so, so what happened is, well, they said, well, we're going to throw you in, we're going to throw you into the fire if, if you don't, you know, if you don't bow down. And they said, mm-hmm. well, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they said, if, you know, and if we perish, we perish. But they mm-hmm. being told now that we're not going to bow down. That's right. So what happened? They threw them in the That's fire. Right. They, did, right? they, gonna, they didn't know they were going to be delivered. They they thought if we die, we die, but we will die before we bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. Exactly. And that's, and that's where I'm going right now, Brother Edward. Mm-hmm. Amen, we, all the way. When we get to the point that we will die for, for Jesus and not bow down. Because that's right. the wonderful thing is, the wonderful thing is, uh, Apostle Edward, to everybody out there, I'm saying right now, Jesus was in the fire with them. That's right. And they never got they never got scorched. They never got nothing. And that's what happened. See, we're in the fire. When we have the hope in Jesus, he's our great hope, nothing mm-hmm. will happen to us. That's right. Ever. That's right. That's, and that fire was turned up seven times hotter than even the people that were stoking that fire died. It was so hot. But yet there wasn't That's even right. one piece of their clothing or their, their hair even singed in any way, shape, or form. They were protected. They were protected that's in right. that. That's right. That's right. I mean, and that's what, we, that's what we're dealing with right now. Everybody else, right. talking to everybody else, we are dealing with that. Good example are we there, gonna, are we going to bow down to the world and, and to what the world is telling us to do? Or are we going to bow down to, to Christ and do That's what it. he wants us to do? See, we cannot, the thing is, my, my, my brother, we can, you know, we cannot uh, you know, be, led, be, led by, be led by the Holy Spirit and be led by man. Led by no. Man. The Bible says, oh. do not love the world any, or anything in the world. That's what mm-hmm. the Word of God says. I'm telling everybody out there, if you want, if you, if you, I, I'm not sure what it is, but it says, that's what it says. Do not love the world, anything else in the world. So when the world is telling us to do this and do that and do this, we need to say no. We that's must right. obey God. We must obey God rather than that's man. Right. That's Amen? right. It, it, that's it. Amen. Yeah, we have to. The word, the word of God, you know, just like Peter, when he was challenged, when he was preaching Jesus Christ there, 
they locked him up and they let him out and they said, we don't want you preaching Jesus anymore. They told Peter that, the other apostle. And what did Peter yeah. say? He said, fellas, he said, I'm going to tell you this. He said, God told us to do this and you're telling us not to do this. Now, who are we going to believe? And then, of course, they took off right. and out Jesus. But that, that's the thing. You know, when, when, when a pedal hits the metal, that's where we have to stand, you see. Uh, we have to make that stand. You know, we witness for Jesus that way. You know, a lot of people, uh, Apostle Roy, don't realize that what happens, you know, when we say we're going to be a witness for Jesus, not even just telling people about Jesus and his love, that's when we're faced with challenges the world is doing to try to get us to bow down, that we refuse to bow down, and we tell them why. He said in Ephesians 5.11, he said, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but we first have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but reprove them. We reprove them. Uh, and anyhow, if we don't do that, what happens is we're compromising. And that's, uh, well, if we do that, uh, we're we're disobeying God, you know. We're if we don't stand for Him, we're falling for everything, and and God can't. Uh, he won't accept us, you know. We're not serving the Lord. No. We're denying Jesus. And He said, if you deny Me, you deny your. My Father will deny you in heaven. So we deny Jesus Christ when we bow down and follow Balaam. And when we do that, That's right. we refuse Him. And what happens is. He said, if you do that to me here, if you deny me here, I, my father will deny you when you go to come up there. Amen. Amen. So there's many people in the Bible, I mean, you know what I'm saying, even Daniel. I mean, Daniel basically was basically thrown into a lion's den with, with wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? That's it's, right. Well, why? Because, because he was praying. I mean, we honor That's with, right. The reason that he got, because they made a, the king uh, made a decree. And uh, basically, that nobody's going to pray for so many days. And Daniel, he just said, "Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not listening. I, I'm going to, I'm praying anyhow." That's and right. So he did pray. And what did they do? That's they went there and and they went there yeah. and they basically told the king what happened, and he ended up doing it right. But what happened was Daniel was in touch, but everyone that was uh, basically pushing that and everyone was trying to make that happen, every one of them got uh, thrown into the lion's den, and not just them, mm-hmm. but their wives, and, 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 mm-hmm. and all, all their families. That's right. Yes. It, uh, well, you know, what What it really is, uh, you know, it's like what I said a minute ago, I went to see Ephesians 5.11 about having no fellowship of the unfruitful work of darkness, but reprove it. Uh, you don't have fellowship or cooperate with it. Well, you tell tell them what's wrong with it. In other words, you reprove them, but tell them what's right. In other words, I won't bow down to this because I serve only my God and not him alone. I will not do this because that's wrong. I'm not going to listen to you. I'll listen to my God above you. Or who might obey the, the God, my God, and of the Word of God, the, you know, what the Word of God tells me? The God, the Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our God, of the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, or are we going to obey what? the law of the government says when we're put to that test right there we have to choose to have no fellowship or anything with that and, and be willing to put it in the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego I mean they, they said if we die but they didn't die of course the Lord protected he come in there but even if you're martyred you have to be willing there's martyrs that are martyred because of their stand for Christ 
and that's what he wants us to do, you know. Uh, he wants us to live for him more than anything. You know, a lot of people say, I'll die for him. We should be definitely willing to die for him, but he wants us to live for him, you know, not just die for him. But we we need to put him first place in all things because there isn't such a thing as second place with God. We either put him in first place or no place at all. There's, there's no... There's no uh, compromise. There's zero tolerance, you know. We have to be that way. You know, Jesus was so strong about putting them first place. He said, we have to hate mother, father, brothers, and sisters. Mm -hmm. He said, we have to hate. And I looked that up, Roy, and, you know, it actually means hate. Now, we know God doesn't want you to hate. Jesus doesn't want to hate your mother, father, brothers, or sisters. But he was so emphatic about that. He bent it so strongly it'd be better to hate your family than to put them ahead of me. In other words, he was very That's emphatic. Right. Right. Me. And it's never I've never heard it preach strong enough and I don't think we can preach it strong enough when God says me alone. I mean he <laughs> if we if we got the depth of that though, that's deeper than what we can say it or preach it. When he says me alone is it you love me, you put me first, you me, you cater to me, you give in to me, you're mine, you want me, you serve me, you obey me, you put me first. Uh, he is uh, zero tolerance in that. We, we've not taken it serious enough. But a lot of people say, well, we, uh, we're we going to do this, we're going to do that we'll, when we want to. No, no. A lot of things the church world has been uh, accepting, even people not forgiving one another, which it's going to keep you out of the rapture, keep you out of heaven. It's just a commonplace. You know, we've made a lot of these things commonplace that, well, we all fall short. None of us are perfect. Well, we better get our hearts right because if we're not ready to meet him in the air, we're in trouble if we're here during the tribulation. And uh, so it's, it's uh, I know the Lord put that on my heart, Apostle Roy, about really being committed, no nonsense like never before. It, it's really, it's tightening up. It is tightening up very much so and very quickly. Jesus is well, really you know, coming. Amen. Well, you know, brother, what happened to me uh, and back in, uh, in October uh, 30th, 1983, I mean, I, I got Jesus in my heart, got saved. I was, I was actually one of the first ones in the family, kept going great grandma night. Um, but what happened was is my family, none of them knew Jesus. And so the enemy was trying to use, the enemy was trying to use uh, my family to, 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 to try and, 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 try, and you know, because and, I was always talking about Jesus, you know what I'm saying? But the bottom line on it is because I stood on the word, uh, because I was stood on the word and, and stood on Jesus, what happened was is many, many of my family came to know Jesus. And, and the thing is, if we stand on the word, and you know, and He's our hope, and you know, and, and our God, and, and we don't, you know, we don't get uh, what's the word I'm thinking, uh, get turned by by the by waver. the enemy. If you don't waver, if you don't waver, we don't double waver. Mm-hmm. Right, we don't waver. The Lord, the Lord will basically, family will get saved. That's right. Well, the problem with the whole thing, uh, Brother Roy, is the world is looking for a hero, one that is honest. People are going to say what they mean, we mean what they say. Uh, the people you can depend on, the real deal, the real people, they're looking for that. 
And if you and I aren't demonstrating that to those around us right there, they haven't found it, and, and we're not going to be much of a witness, you say. But we have to live it. It's like the fruit of the Spirit. We have to walk in these things and reflect those things, which is reflect Jesus and his ways. When we reflect yeah. those things to people, they see the Jesus in us, and that's what brings, like you said, there with the family, the Jesus. Say, hey, uh, what, tell me about this Jesus, because if, if they see you not living much of a life, they say, well, I'm living better than uh, Roy is there. Why should I ask him anything? But if they see you living a life that you should, they admire you, and you're standing strong in the rough times and the good times. You're showing love. You're faithful. You're not giving in to the vows of the devil or anything like that. But they're seeing a faithful, steady person, not up and down one day, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The next day, oh, I'm down, oh. This thing, not, not wavering, but standing strong. Standing like the oak tree getting deeper and deeper in Jesus. It's like our program, Deeper in Jesus. We're anchoring yeah. like a tree, like a big oak tree. When you see that big oak tree, a lot of birds get in the big oak tree because that's a safe tree, you know. And that's what we need to be reflecting people there, you know. That's why we're to be Christ-like because people are drawn to Christ. When people come to you as you're walking, follow the Lord and fill with the Holy Ghost and have the adorning in your life, People follow you. They, they look around at you. They, they come to you, and they seek after you. They call you, whatever, because there's something in you that they know that I need. I need help from that person. They don't realize what it is, but it's the spirit in that person's life. But they're drawn to them, and they want to share their problems with them, you know. And it's, it's really drawing. It's a, the anointing is drawing. When we have that anointing and we're Christ-like, we draw people. We draw people. Now, people that hate the Lord and things of God, they're going to hate us. They're going to give us a hard time. That's where the persecution and the trials come in. But the people that are seeking help, the first person they come to is you, you see. I found that out yeah. so often. A lot of people, uh, when people need you, they're the, they're, they're, you're the first one they contact, so to speak, is what it is when you're living that life here. that that That's really a good acid test, Roy, because, uh, you know, if we're really reflecting Jesus, uh, people will come to us. If people aren't coming to us, I'm a little concerned if I don't help yeah, people follow it. You know what I mean? Because uh, we're to be reflecting Christ. And I know when Christ is reflected, they're going to come to anybody like that. And if I'm not yeah. bringing, people aren't coming to me, I'll say, hey, where am I not reflecting somewhere? Where am I missing this, you see? But, uh, excuse me, no, that, that's exactly right. If you want to win somebody to Christ, it's not going to be by your words. It's going to be by your lifestyle first and then your words. Your, your words will not do the job. We got enough good speakers, people have polished tongues, and then they see how they live. And now, no, uh, it, they see you first. They read you first, and then they trust you. Hey, I've watched you. You seem to be a, a good man here. You seem to do the right thing. So I'd like to ask you something. I've had people tell me that much, and I'm sure you have. They'll, they'll see that they recognize in you something, and they're, they're they're confident in you. They share their secrets with you. They open up to you, you know. And uh, a lot of times I find out with a lot of different people from all levels, uh, my own personal life, low levels, high levels, you know, of, of people in, in higher levels and everything, and ministry and all. And uh, they do, and, and and I attribute something like that, just the anointing of the presence of God. Uh, it's what it is. It's the God in you. That's the only thing it can be, It's the God in you Amen. does that. Right? Amen. That's so true. That is so true, you know. And, uh, you know, everybody out there, I mean, we're just 
you know, giving you some, uh, you know, some word and different things that, you know, you've got to, you know, follow Christ. You know, it's, you know, uh, you know that, that, there's that song, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning mm-hmm. back. The cross Amen. before me and the world behind me. And that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. Yes. Amen. The yes. cross before us and the world behind us. Right, brother. Amen. 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 And brother Roy, what is it to turn back to? Whatever, whatever was there to turn back to? But now the zero to turn back to is a world destroyed almost. But even in the heydays, what's there really to turn back to? Life is short. Eternity never ends. I want to be prepared for eternity, and I want to get my rewards. We earn rewards, and we serve God here as we serve him. We're rewarded in heaven uh, by the good works that we do here. And I want to do good works and be faithful and want the Lord to say, well done, now, good and faithful servant. I want to, I want to Amen. produce Amen. the Lord. I want to, I want to make my life count and help people. And that's our goal. That's our goal. And I, I've Amen. 51 years. And I know Roy's had many, many years, and I have 51 years, my wife and I, and that's that's really what we want. That's what that's what our life's about. That's what that's all our life's about. My life's about Jesus. That's about it. I don't have too much into a lot of things. I used to do a lot of other things, and I like to do some things. But my my mind and heart's about serving the Lord most of the, all the time. But that's my life. That's just it. And I tell you, I have more joy in that than I could have. Uh, but anybody is the richest person in the world, financially running around all the time, doing all kinds of things. I have more of a joy than anybody does that has everything that they ask for in this world, billionaires or trillionaires. Uh, I really do because that joy, you can't buy what we get from Jesus. He gives it to you it's free from him, but all the money in the world won't do it, what the Lord gives you. But yet it's free, but all the money in the world can't buy it. And the greatest miracle, my brother, is the miracle of salvation. You, you know, and you and I, and you know, the people out there, when somebody gets mm-hmm. saved, when they ask, when they come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a kingdom of uh, Satan into the kingdom of God, when they genuinely get saved, that is the greatest miracle of, 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 of them being yes, changed. You know what I'm saying? Because yes, the uh, whole faith lights up, and you know they're just, you know, like they're, you know, it just is powerful, uh, you know. Yes, it and, is. and I just, and, and the Lord allowed me and yourself to be there for many people to come into the kingdom of God, you know. Yes. And you know, and I've seen it time after time after time, and the expression on their face, and 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 the, and you know, and they're just it's so bright, and they're just on fire. On fire for the Lord, you know, because uh, yeah. you know they're they're babe in Christ. But the thing is, but the fire and zealousness for the Lord is they want to tell yeah. everybody about Jesus. That's it. It it uh, and you know I'll tell you lately, brother Roy. You know I've met so many great men and women of God and friendships and fellowship and mutual respect and love and uh, uh, I mean man, you just feel. You talk about a family, actually, to be frankful with you, it's more close to me, my Christian family, than my, my personal family. Really, a lot of times, and most people, everybody will say, I, have, you know, I love them with my family, but they don't get me wrong. But uh, your Christian family in Christ, a lot of times, is a stronger bond, or at least certain individuals are maybe stronger with you and your own family. 
because you Amen. have a Christian born there in the Lord, you know, and that's something that uh, flesh and blood can't do it. As close as we are in flesh and blood, in the spirit world with people, yeah. sometimes it's stronger because it over it overshadows that. It overshadows Amen. that, you know. That's and, you and, and uh, you and Sabina, you and Sabina yeah. and Evelyn and I have a, we have a bond. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's right. together. That's right. That's we're, right. We're a family. That's right. You, you and everybody do. else you, there too that, know, that knows the Lord, you know. Yeah. I just want to say, you know, I mean, uh, Brother Edward and myself, you're our family. You know, your brothers right. and our brothers and That's sisters right. are in Christ out there. Amen. Yeah. And we love you. And we love you guys. We do. We do. I tell you, this year I've met so many new people. Like the programs are on and everything. And just, uh, and I know you say the same thing. And, and, uh, and just relationship wise and people. And uh, I'm telling you that, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, as uh, far as people going to churches and things like that, uh, you know, we, we don't have a local church. Now, we stream. We don't have a local, and God hasn't put us in there. But uh, relationships and in the Word and uh, with people and fellowship, and uh, I do more of that now than I ever did. Because, you know, a lot of times, Brother Roy, and you know this well, too, how many times have you been in a church and churches they go to, and they call it fellowship, go to church or there on Sunday, Walk in, say hello to somebody, see you next week, and that's it. You know, and I, I don't believe in that type of stuff. I mean, we're the no. fellowship of never relationships. You know what I mean? In other words, you can go places, and you're not going to be friends with everybody in a sense that uh, buddy-buddy, so to speak. But yet uh, we have made getting in a place, a building, sing a couple songs, hear preaching, and then just talking to people a little bit and going in and seeing them next week is fellowship. It, it's becoming intimate with people and relationship and friendships and uh, prayer and uh, and breaking bread with one another like the first church. Uh, God wants more intimacy with us, with him, first of all, and then with one another also. Uh, that's Amen. supposed to be that way. We really understand and we really are there to help one another because if I don't know something about people, if I'm not close to them, I don't know what to do. Or if I, you know, it's just you're separated from them. We have to get to know people just like we have to get to know God. Uh, we, we, have, uh, we, we have made the forms like do this, do that, but they haven't really no depth to it. It's shallow. It's nothing that gives you anything. But uh, what I have now in fellowship and friendship, even though I don't have a local church, uh, I stream with a, a pastor there, and I have to point to where that church is. They're doing a great work. But uh, uh, I, I, I have more of that so full of God in relationship than I ever had in my life. I mean, I, I have it 24-7, basically. I mean, not every hour of the day. Don't misunderstand me, but I just... I just have so much of good things of the Lord coming and people and word and things and programs and uh, that revolve with and just just a steady God flowing, a steady flow of God. And uh, even if I'm watching a TV program, God will give me revelations. And uh, anywhere I could be taking a shower, I could be shaving out in the car, driving it or something. And there, or I've even written sermons. I've even prepared. Some things that God would say to me, even though I don't write sermons, but I'd mark a few things out what he wants. And uh, I have a TV program because I, I just, that's just noise on there. I just, uh, my mind is not in the things of this world. It's just caught up in what God's saying, writing down revelations he gives, understanding and 
you know what I mean. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm having a blast doing this. It, it's real joy, a lot of fun. To me, it is. It, it's uh, it's fun time. All of my, it's, I don't consider any of it working ministry, teaching, preaching the word, and meditating, getting revelations, seeing the, the sick get well, and praying for them, and seeing lives change. Uh, what's better than that, Brother Roy? Nothing, nothing better than that. But, you know, just like uh, such an honor, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to, to come on every second Friday with Reaching Out Radio International and, and basically yeah. and be able to, to speak to people and, you know, just yeah. all over the world. Man, right? Yeah. I don't take that lightly. Amen. Amen. Just, just, our, just our program on account the other ones we do programs in heaven. Uh, and what we're doing here, you know, we're, we're just speaking, and, you know, we're not, we don't have a teaching thing where we're getting into teaching that we teach and say uh, for a few minutes or something, I might say something, you'll say something, but we're discussing things, and that's what's important because what we want these people to understand, we're talking about life now. We're not talking about just going to heaven. In other words, you get saved, go to heaven, but we're trying to teach people how to deal with your challenges in life here and being top of everything. In other words, soar above the clouds like the eagle, like we are doing. We're soaring above the clouds of the eagle. I want people to soar like I'm soaring. That's really what I want them to do. say the same thing because uh, uh, that's that's what our job is because, man, I, I see people so fretful and their looks and faces and everything. I say, oh, my Lord, because uh, I have no fear of what's going on here or anything. I have beliefs I'm standing by. I know you do, too. Uh, and uh, I have no fear because I'm serving God, and God's going to take care of it. God's got it is my favorite slogan. God's got yeah. it. Now, I consider that if I'm serving him, anything I give to him, he's got it. If I'm honest to him and I'm obedient to him and serving him, uh, he'll take care of anything I say. Anything. Right. He'll do that for everybody. Not just me, but anybody will do it. Whosoever will apply his word to the life, it works. You don't have to be ministers right. like we are, a five-fold ministry. Uh, it's whosoever will. It has nothing to do with uh, being in a five-fold ministry. It has to do with take my word, uh, he says, apply it, and it will work for you, just like it does for the abandoned, for the, the pastors. Exactly. It really does, you know. And it's fact of the matter is, in this day and age, it's more for the laity than it is for the five-fold ministry because the laity, God is using them like, Amen. It's more than more than ever, uh, we're seeing that happen. You know, people don't have reverend beside their name, and because uh, everybody, you know, it's, it's how much they believe. You know, there's no uh, the sky's the limit in the things of God. Like the scripture we use in Ephesians three twenty, God's abundantly able to do of all we ask or even think, according to the power that works mm-hmm. in us. So it all depends on what's in us that we dare to believe and dare to allow the Lord to do in and through our lives. Right. right? Isn't that right? That's right. Exactly right, buddy. Exactly. Amen. 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 Praise the yes. Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm looking for Lord. bigger things, aren't you, in this right now? We're going to see some big changes here soon, Brother Roy, aren't we? We're going to see some very Amen. short changes. Amen. The people, this old sour lifestyle, this bad stuff that's been going on, there's going to be some real turnaround because uh, we have God-given rights, and when man tries to steal and evil comes in, they try to speak against his, his people in Israel and are perverted and perverse in our lifestyles and 
uh, murdering babies and everything else. Hey, God only tolerated Sodom and Gomorrah for so long. And believe you me, when God God picks that handy and suffer anything, there's going to be some sad people because uh, I, I surely wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of God's wrath. I, I tell you, I certainly wouldn't want to be on that receiving end because when he he's going to come down hard, Brother Roy. He's going to come just like he. In fact, you know the scripture. I, I've got to say that uh, in Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. You know we talk about it a lot. When the enemy comes in, comma like a flood, God raised up a standard against him. The enemy Amen. has come in like he's never known. Am I right? He's never come in uh, like he has now. He's never come in like this. I never thought we'd ever see a country like this. And I don't think anybody has. Now he's come in, in a really a hard shot. So what's going to happen? According to Isaiah fifty nine nineteen, he said when he comes in, he said like a God said like a flood, I'm going to raise up a standard against him, and that standard Amen. always supersedes him. So being we saw all the negative negative forces from hell coming in like never before, we're going to see the good forces, the good things that God come in like we never saw or heard of before. Also, in fact, it bears That's me right. up in Habakkuk one five. He said you wouldn't believe what I'm going to do if I told you. Uh, in this time, he said. So he said, I'm just going to do it. That's scripture right there. Back at 1-5, just a few scriptures I've used uh, and things that God even showed me 40 years ago. I won't get into that now. But I will say, uh, by the word of God, by prophetic word, what God has showed me, the way things are going, I haven't missed it yet. I've said this for a lot of years, and and I've I've stuck my neck out there saying some things. Uh, Matter of fact, you know, Roy, uh, Apostle Roy, the Lord told me, remember, we said this, and, and uh, that was confirmed, too. But that was one thing that kind of it hit me a little bit at first, but I knew it was God telling me, so I didn't challenge it. But he said, when, about praying, he said, pray for judgment. And uh, mm-hmm. I did that, and you know it was confirmed to me through some good men and women of God that are ministers of the gospel. And he showed me that, because, you know, when God speaks things to you, and some of the things you, you've it kind of rocks you a little bit, but you know the voice of God, and you go with it. He always brings confirmation to you. He always confirms that you're not the only man or woman out there on the uh, the scene, you know, like he did Elijah. He said, I have more. <laughs> he has more folks like us, you know. Yeah. We're not the only ones that are ministering this. And uh, so, uh, but it's a time to be encouraged. I would say to this audience now, Brother Roy, wouldn't you? It's a time to really be encouraged, but to come to Jesus first, because you come to him, then you can put a smile on your face, and he is going to take care of you. You might know how in the world is he going to do it, but he said, I'm a very present help in time of need in Psalms 46.1. He said he's a very present help in time of need in time of trouble, a very present help in time of need and trouble. So uh, we have to look at it like that. We come to the Lord and, and give him ourselves and give him our life, and he'll take care of that. He's very present. He'll meet you where you're at. No matter how low you are or how high you are, he's going to meet you where you're at, and he's going to show himself. Early. He's going to take care of your situation. He will, no matter what it is. He'll, he will take care of it if you just trust him. If you just trust him. Amen. Amen. Take so I want you and folks to listen. Right. And it says in Colossians one twenty seven, to whom mm-hmm. God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the mm-hmm. of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within within and among you, the hope of realizing the glory. Right. 
He's him and us gives that hope. Looking forward to that glory that lies ahead because our faith now. You put your faith in Jesus now, then you have that hope of his glory and the great things that we're speaking about him, you see. And it's not far off in the future. These things are ready to manifest because Jesus is coming soon. So these things are going to be here in a quick order. That's why we need to get on the boat. You know, he says in, uh, in the Word, he says in Second uh, Corinthians 6, 2, today is the day of salvation. Today is Amen. the day of salvation, not tomorrow, because you don't know how long. Uh, your life's going to be, you know. We don't know how long it will be till the Lord comes back, really, exactly. And that's salvation, you know. It means, first of all, receiving Christ as your Savior and your Lord. But then salvation is the whole package deal. It goes with it, all the promises, all the blessings, every everything that heaven has to offer, he gives to you. That's what salvation is, okay, all the promises of God. But you can't, you're not eligible for all the promises of God you are in the family of God, and you can't be in the family of God. You ask Jesus in your heart, and then you're in the family of Christ, and then His promises are yours. You say, just like you don't. If mm-hmm. you don't work for a company, like say you work for a Chevrolet uh, uh, company, a Chevrolet building Chevrolet cars or something. Well, uh, if you didn't work there, we'll put it this way. I kind of reversed there. You you couldn't go to a Chevrolet place where they build the cars if you didn't work there and expect them to give you a paycheck and benefits and things. You go to get that to say, well, you, hey, you don't work here. We can not owe you any money. We're not going to give you any benefits. We're not going to give you retirement pay you don't work here. You're not part of us. Well, that's the way of the things of God, you know. We can't get anything from God in a sense unless we're in his family, the family of the Lord Jesus Christ, you see. We have to be part of it. Because he said today's the day of salvation. Salvation, first of all, receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. And this day also of me coming into your life and taking over your life and helping you with your life. Because he knows you and I can't handle our lives and we need his help. I need his help as much as I've ever done, more than I ever needed before. And Roy, I know, will say the same thing, Apostle Roy. We need him more and more every day, you know. And that's that's what it is, but that's why we need to come to Jesus so we can get him to help us and to take over our lives and work things out and give us the peace that we need, the provision we need, and everything that we have need of. We need his move in our lives. The Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, it says, It's not by power and might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's by the Holy Spirit that your body gets healed. He supplies your needs. Uh, He directs your life. He gives you purpose to life. Uh, everything is by his spirit, you see. So everything we're saying right here now leads up to a, a fulfilled life in him if you just turn your life over to him right now. Brother Roy, I'm going to ask it. Uh, you know, I, we're moving along in time here now. We only have a few mm-hmm. minutes left here. But uh, give, i like you to just to give them a, uh, an article. We're going to ask them to uh, just invite Jesus in their life. It's not lengthy, but just ask them to invite Jesus into our lives because we want to do that. Uh, I Amen. think in, in closing, uh, that's the yeah. most important thing we do, and I, I don't know if we'll go any further than that or not. But let's start out with that. Just ask, give them an invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody out there, we've been talking about hope, and we've been saying, you know, for the last hour, you know, that our hope, that Christ is our hope. What is Amen. your hope right now? What is your hope right now? Okay. Well, everyone is speaking to us there. Everyone talking to us, listening. 
What what is your hope? Is your hope in in your job? Is your hope in possessions? Is is your hope in in other things? Is your hope in family? You know, you know it says it says everything will pass, but what's only the, what's done for Jesus will last eternally. Well, I'm just gonna, you know, the Lord loves you. And he wants to be your hope. He wants to be your savior, but he wants to be your hope. Because a lot of you out there have lost hope. You've lost hope. But here's the, here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity to find hope. To find hope. Amen? Amen. So, Amen. Amen. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Call on the Lord. You have an opportunity to call on the Lord. Call on the Lord of hope. Call on Jesus. Amen. Just say, Jesus, I'm calling on you. I'm calling on you. Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I repent of my sin. Repent of my sin. Yes. Lord, I ask you. I ask you to come into my life. I need that hope, Lord. I need that hope, Lord. I need that hope. I need that hope. I want that hope, Lord. And I know, I know, Lord, that that hope, that hope is you, Jesus. Jesus, you are my hope. Yes, you are, Lord Jesus. You're all our hope, Jesus. You're mine and Ab- Ab- Brother Edward. You're, you're, you're basically every yes. person I'm talking to out there right now. Jesus yes, is your hope, too. He's our yes, hope. Yes, he is. And, all you guys, and you know what? He wants to come in. He wants to, to be your hope. Because yet you have hope in him. You have hope in eternal life. Yes. You have, you have hope in your life mm. because you're giving it to him. You're saying, here, Jesus, take my life. Yes. I want my hope. I want Thank my you, hope. I want my hope to be in you, Jesus. Mm. Right now. Right now, I just see Jesus. I just see Jesus coming into your heart. And ask him into your heart. And he's coming into your heart. The great, blessed hope is coming into your heart. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord. And Brother brother, brother Edward, there's there's ones out there that they've lost their hope. They're, 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 they're born again. They're born again, Brother Edward, but they've lost their hope. Okay. okay. <laughs> Did you pray for them? Yes. If you've lost hope and uh, things have gotten so difficult, you just you just lost your way and things just seem to battle you under, it just seems like it overshadowed you beyond everything, uh, we're going to have a new start tonight, a new start in Jesus Christ. Uh, just ask him to say, Lord, Forgive me. 
for not trusting you, for not believing you, for allowing the storms of this life to discourage me and to turn my back upon you. Forgive me for that, Father. Like the prodigal son, I choose to come back to you this very night. Forgive me. Refill me with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen me. Take over my life. Direct my, for I give myself completely to you. And you said if I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. I'm drawing near to you right now by faith, Lord, by faith. I'm trusting you right now from this time forth. And I thank you that you received me back. Because you tell me those that will come on to me, I will in no wise cast out. Thank you for not casting me out, Lord, and thank you for receiving me. Father, right now, I ask, Father, that those that come to that place and are praying this and want this desire in their hearts and have chosen this to come back to you, as well as the ones that received you as Savior and Lord, right now I ask you to be real to them in a special way. Move upon their hearts. Direct them, Father, as they seek your face. Give them an experience of your reality and your love, a special touch. Fill them with your love and with your power, with your mighty Holy Spirit. Strengthen them, Father. Cause them to hunger and thirst after you. For you said in your word in Philippians 2.13, that you that works with us to will and to do of your good pleasure. So work in the hearts of those that just come to Jesus, those that have just come back to Jesus, that, that straight away because of the pressures of this life, like, uh, like Peter when he was walking on the water, he was all right when he had his eyes on Jesus, but when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he sank. He sank into the sea, and then Jesus picked him back up. But, Father, help them as well as us, all of us, keep our eyes upon you. We, we don't allow the storms of life to cause us to take our eyes off the master. Because you said in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. So I just pray that perfect peace over everybody right now. Perfect peace, perfect strength, tranquility, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Peace. Peace in your households. Peace in your life. I speak and declare peace over every one of you. Every one of you now that hears my voice right now, and those that will hear my voice and and, and Apostle Roy's voice as uh, they they would play this uh, audio in the future, Lord, because we know this anointing that's here right now will remain on this program, even if it's 50 years old. It matters not because your presence. It's not by power, it might be by your spirit. And, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit's power right here tonight as we are speaking and praying and and committing ourselves, Father. And, Father, we just thank you now that you are working our work. And, Father, uh, as we pray for the lost and for those that come back and for any sick, any need delivered, from whether it's tobacco, any type of lust, pornography, drugs, uh, whatever, Anything that says you is addiction upon you, alcohol, 
any anything uh, addiction, any sickness or disease, in the name yes, in the break all curses, all generational curses, all curses, and I reverse them now in the lives of the listeners right now, and I break them off of them right now and reverse them and I cast them out, out of them right now. They will have no more effect on them in any way, in any way, in Jesus' name. And I just speak your healing power. I speak your healing anointing. I speak your your love. I speak everything that you have to come into them right now, driving all forces out. Your light, your light is expelling all darkness in every degree of any demonic force, any demonic activity, anything that's not of you in any body, any spirit, any soul out there right now. I drive it out by the authority that you've given to me in the name of Jesus, according to your word. You said that I can cast out spirits, evil forces, darkness. In Luke 10 and 19 and 20, we have authority over the spirits. I've taken authority that you have given us, Father, over these spirits, and I speak peace, healing, many lives changed tonight. Many, many lives, Father, for your glory, have turned around and changed. And you said old things pass away, all things become new in Second Corinthians 5, 7. So we just speak a new beginning for every listener tonight. Every listener, including Roy and myself, where we speak new beginnings for all of us right now in our families. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. And everybody out there, I just want to say this before closing. You know, as, as uh, Apostle Edwards and been praying and everything like that, it's time now to set the spark. It's time now to set the spark, and the Lord will light the fire. He'll light the fire in your, in your life, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Yes. The fire of the Amen. Holy Spirit. You're going to be yes. on fire for the Holy fire of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands. Oh, yeah. Lift up your hands right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, say, Lord, I want the fire. I want the fire of yes. the Holy Spirit. I want, yes. I want to be on yes. fire, Lord, for you. Fire on fire Boy, for Jesus. Lord, burn the dross out of my life. Lord, burn the dross out of my life with the fire of your fire, oh, God. Yes, yes, you look at my ticket at the, yeah, yeah, yes, just praise him and thank him. And those that, yes, that haven't received the baptism of the Spirit, as you're praising him, just be, uh, your tongue will be kind of heavy, your voice, and you might sound like a baby the way you say it, but just allow those words to come out. Just love on him. Oh, shut up, just allow it to come out because he wants to just reveal himself to you. It's not so much in your knowledge, it's an experience that he's having with you right now. He wants you to experience these things and, and give you some new understanding. He wants to take you up to another level, up to another Amen. level right now. Amen. Name. And also, also, also I want you to say, Lord, I want the spirit of the warrior. I want the spirit of the warrior to come on me now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And from this day, Lord, I'm... I'm going to mobilize myself on the offensive and take ground from the enemy wherever I go and in whatever I do. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. It's done. It is finished. Now go into your rooms. It could be your bedroom or a nice room where it's quiet. And just, uh, just, just talk to the Lord. Let him just minister to you and just praise him and thank him. And just keep in mind what we said here tonight. And just let him minister to you. That was the first thing the pastor told me when my wife and I got saved. He told us to go in, into a, a room and, and just talk to him and let him tell us if there's anything else that he wanted to change or what he wanted from us. Because it always goes beyond anybody telling you anything. It always goes to after they're done, just you and the Lord get together, and he brings it out what he has for you, you see. It's a private thing. He has different things to say to each and every one of you, different things. And you you just go to him now and just let him direct you. And I am going to ask you, if you would, just mark down below where the uh, uh, on the program there that we have uh, reaching out, Radio International, if you have a comment or something or a question or testimony, we want to hear from you because we're here for you, okay? And uh, we want you to, to let us know and to inform us of what's happening because we are here for you. That's the main reason, not just as we're speaking here, but if you want to contact us personally, talk to us personally, or what have you. But we're here for you, okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Edward, Apostle Edward, for coming on with me, man. I guess it's such a blessing and honor to, to minister with you. Amen. I just, you know, Amen. and I just want to say it to everybody out there, thank you so much for, uh, you know, for coming on with us when we're, when we're doing our radio show. And, we, you know, we yes. love you guys. And uh, we just, yes. all we want to do, all Apostle Edward and I want to do, we just want to minister to you. We want to equip and train you. For, you know, for you know, for the most of all, we want to just want to be there for you, and you know, and yeah. to help you. The, the, Amen. The, the Bible says, the Bible says, boldly, the Lord boldly is our helper, and we just want to, we just want to be there to help you, you know, to be, close to be who God has created you to be, and then and do what God called you to do. Amen and amen. 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 Well, we'll close with that then, and we will see you all in two weeks, right? Amen. God, amen. God, God bless. Talk, God bless talk you now, brother. We'll, we'll be talking soon, and we'll be talking to you all in about two weeks. And remember, just uh, write those questions, comments, testimonies down there. If you go to where the program was, it has a place for comments, and just put your comments in there because uh, we'd be glad to help you any way we can. We love you all Amen. now. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.